You know I'm gonna get you. Yeah. Whatever it takes to. Playoffs, 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 playoffs. It is the theme of today's Basement Talk podcast, Bird and Jake, with a sprinkling of the NFL draft. Because what is the Basement Talk podcast if we are not talking about football in some capacity? Right, Jake? That's it, man. Finally, it's over. Probably talking about football for the last time until July. So it'll be straight up uh, basketball, baseball after today. I can't say the same, fortunately, but all I know is that this will be the last time that I'm talking about football on a podcast. And it's for at last time we're writing about football. I wrote my last column today for uh, Talking Point Sports that is waiting to be published um, until June. So I'll be off for a month. And the only place where you'll be able to hear me for the next month is right here. Right here is where, is where I'll be hopefully t- talking about so much more than just football. But, of course, the fantasy show still still exists, and we'll be giving you, of course, weekly episodes of the fantasy show. But that's a fantasy show. By the way, uh, fantasy show tomorrow, a little programming note for everybody. Uh, Jake and I will be recording the fantasy show tomorrow. We are doing a full Dynasty mailbag. So for all the Dynasty players that have been hounding me and saying that I don't show enough love to Dynasty and Dynasty formats, well – there you are. There's your opportunity to send send in questions. Of course, as usual, email links are in the description. Send in all of your questions. We will be clearing out the mailbag tomorrow of all the dynasty questions. We could have 20 dynasty questions, 25 dynasty questions, two dynasty questions. I know we don't. I know the number we have right now. and Or 100 dynasty questions. We will answer them all for you on tomorrow's BTPFS. And then Adam... We'll be coming on this podcast. We'll be doing a uh, an NHL playoff preview. Um, that will be um, in this episode as well. And then Wednesday, Adam and I will be doing a uh, BTPFS, basically around the winners and losers from the NFL draft from a fantasy perspective. We also wrote a column on that, uh, talkingpointsports.com. That'll be up within the next couple of hours. Probably by the time you hear this, that that, that column will be will be up and ready to go. But Jake, are we good otherwise? Ready. Ready to roll. Yeah, both both of us are kind of dying from uh, from the whole allergy thing. I'm kind of over it, thank God. Uh Jake was uh in a in a bad way this weekend. So but we're both we're both feeling good. Both feeling good. Yeah, got that right, man. But how was Atlantic City? Good? It was a good time. Good, good. time. It's just the whole pollen in the air. Oof, just that, let me tell kills you. me. It's bad. It's really bad. And I'm uh, I'm slowly but surely recovering, but I still not there yet. But yeah, I, but we're I moving. Get there. We're moving. We're moving. Um. Oh, you know how we start. Death taxes. Portland, Deep Oregon, sleeper. home of the Basin Talk podcast, and Deep Sleeper. What do you got? All right. Uh, I was kind of thinking about this for good amount of time my deep sleeper kind of coincides with the basement bets great segment i miss it dearly kind of kind of coincides let me tell you something i've been on a little bit of a kick lately with uh these baseball parlays Mm. all you gotta do is just bet on guys to get a hit you'd be surprised how successful they could be same game parlays of guys getting hit like like good players too good odds like yeah, I mean, all you got to really do, like, it's just you look up the pitching matchup for the day, 
you check. It does require a little bit of advanced research. Not advanced, but digging, some type digging. Of, but you find some guys that have good numbers off the starting pitcher. It's a smart parlay. All they got to do is just get a hit. Yeah. So, and I, the I, odds I, aren't too too crazy. So that that's a deep sleeper right there for for all betters that love parlays and especially in game parlays. They go to a baseball game, especially you know to make the game a little bit more exciting. If you're not really too into it, it's a sleeper. I think more people will start throwing on this uh, as, as we unfold here with legalized sports gambling in almost every state now. I know that what what's hot right now or was hot the last I checked was no runs in first inning bets. I know that was a really hot little trendy thing that was going on for a little while. That and first basket of uh, NBA was was a popular one. Yep. And then you had the uh, performance doubles. So Luka Doncic, triple double, then Mavs to win. Those were popular ones. I hit on one and I was like, wow, yeah, this hits. You know, it's it's a nice little payday. Um, But yeah, the the hit parlays, I, I, I love. And it really only takes... It really doesn't even take like that level of research. Just go on, go on MLB.com. Go look at the star players if you have to. Go look at the best teams. This is like really dumbing it down. Yeah. But look at the best teams. Look at the Yankees. Look at the Mets. Look at the Cardinals. Look at the Dodgers. Look at the Padres. Look at the guys that are hitting over 300 and take a crack. And so if, just going over those teams right now, uh, just taking the guys that I, that I know for a fact are hitting – Say DJ LeMayhew, who's batting over 300. Uh, Nolan Arenado, who's batting over 300. Um, Xander Bogarts, who's batting 280 from the Red Sox. And and Ozzy Albies from the Braves, who's batting 270. Or, or Matt Olson from the Braves, who's batting 270, 280. Bet all those to at least, to at least record a hit. You know, you're looking at you're looking at good good money right there. I always say baseball, baseball is a good, easy way to build some easy revenue going into football season. Like this is the time to really not, not take home run shots necessarily pun absolutely intended, but build a steady cash flow where it's like, you know, if you're sitting on a pile of, you know, I'm not going to say, you know, everyone has their, has their level, but you're sitting on a nice pile of, of dough going into football season where we all know that's better paradise between college and NFL, you know, you're, you're talking about really having a nice little foundation to, uh, to settle on going into, going into football season, which is really what baseball is. You're building up your cash flow for football. I never really thought of it that way. But now I, that, that's another deep sleeper. Building up your cash flow for football. It's another deep sleeper. Wow. I'm going to have to keep that in the archives. Yeah. Yeah, you just you're gradually working your way there. That's what my buddy's doing. My buddy's been doing that for the NBA playoffs, NHL, and for so far in the in MLB. And I started doing it was anything that he wins, fifty percent of it comes out. The other fifty percent of it comes out, but it's put not necessarily back into his account. He saves it in his Venmo, so that way when it comes down for football, all of that is reinvested right back into the accounts, you build it back up, and boom, you have a pile to sit on. Nice. I think it's, I think it's brilliant. That's that's real next level thinking. Yes. I literally said something like wow, you know, you might you might be onto something. 
Because you're, pull- you're not pulling out at all. You're not, you're not pulling out at all. But the problem is, is if you lose, then it's just kind of like, ah, yeah. shit. But, yeah, then it's like, but it sounds nice. It sounds nice in theory. Yes, you just have to win, which we all know the house the house never loses. No. That's why you pay responsibly. Ever does. Uh, deep sleeper for me. And this is, I think, a, a controversial one because I go through this uh, almost every year whenever I have a team that is in the playoffs. I always have this debate, and I, I want to know what side of the coin you sit on here. The deep sleeper for me are playoff beards. And I know we are in full swing of NBA playoffs. They don't really do it for NBA, but I know for hockey and for baseball, they happen all the time. We are Yankee fans, so we don't ever get the playoff beard because of the Yankees' no facial hair policy, which I think is absolutely stupid. But that's tradition. I get it. Fine. Um, But for the Rangers, of course, we are going to uh, the playoffs. Game one against the Penguins is tomorrow night. Then I will be at game two on Thursday, my first night of vacation. So Friday, I don't want to know what my name is. But besides besides the point, we were talking about one of our our group texts today, me me and a bunch of my friends. We were talking about the whole playoff beard thing. And do you partake as a fan? Do you partake in growing out your facial hair wherever possible since some are incapable but those who are do you grow out your facial hair to support your team being in the playoffs i am one of them i am one of them i believe in it then there are others who are like no you're not part of the team you're crazy jake where do you lie um man i usually just kind of have a beard like in general i know right now i don't but it's just because i made a mistake with trimming it up so it's Mm kind of like uh you know but um I'm all for doing that stuff. It depends how I'm not going to like dye my hair pink or anything like that. Oh, no, 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 no. With your fandom with beards. Yeah. I mean, screw it. It's a beard. Right. We're we're we were just talking about putting the razor away from the time that your team starts their playoff run yeah. to ending the playoff run. Go ahead. I mean, yeah. What's the what's the problem with that? You just grow out a little beard and exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's a nice little representation of your fandom. And if you have a beard and somebody is like, Oh, you're, you're a hockey fan. You're a Ranger fan. You go, yeah, I am. I'm really excited for what they're doing in the playoffs. It's cool. Well, I, I had to clean myself up uh, a little bit. I look, I look kind of nice right now. Give it, give it like a week or two. Mm, I don't know about that because I'm not, you don't touch the razor. So you can't, you can't give yourself a nice little shape up. Can't no. even do that. Yeah, no, uh, I hear, no, I hear you there. Go. But yeah, no issue with that. I don't think that's stupid. Thank you. There were people. There were people that were saying that it was, it, it was, it was stupid. And I'm like, well, okay, you just don't. You've just confirmed that you don't like to have fun. Then thank you very much for confirming that for me. Yeah, it's just like, wh- how is that stupid? Right. I, I don't get it. it well, the, it, it, but then the conversation goes towards these are also hardcore fantasy players so the conversation quickly went from being superstitious about your own team to superstitious about your fantasy teams and these people are crazy fantasy players and we had to ask them so do you have any superstitions for fantasy and of course any fantasy player is going to say of course i do i have a good week i'm sitting in the same spot i'm doing the same thing and we're like oh okay so this is this is different and of course 
of course. Oh, that it's, makes mu- no it's much different. It's much different. You look you look greasy and disgusting when you do it. Oh, oh, okay. So now we're going to personal attacks. I see. I see. Personal attacks is, is how is how we're resorting this issue. You got it. Yeah, that makes no fucking sense. The more it's I stupid. Think about it's it. stupid. That's yeah. that's. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, this is what happens. People are backed into a fucking corner. They result in personal attacks. That's that's their default. That is their yeah. default. That is the way they try and end more, a conversation is by, call, is moral, by going with personal attacks. Moral of the story is just like most people suck. Well, that's true. So that just have fun. <laughs> exactly. Have fucking fun. You only live once. We can get struck by a meteor tomorrow. Just have fun with it. Who cares? And it's a beard. It's a beard. It's not going to kill anybody. I mean, you're going to look pretty shitty and you might not have your girlfriend or wife or significant other uh, looking at you the same way for, for a little bit. But hey, that's okay. It's on the inside. What matters, right? That's what they all say. Allegedly. Bingo. Just buy them flowers, take them out to dinner, and they'll be happy with you again. That's the way it usually works. Okay. So let's go to the uh, – are we going to do NHL playoffs first or are we going to do the draft first? I think let's do NHL playoffs first. So we are going to bring in Adam. He is going to be talking some NHL playoffs with us. So we are going to do a nice little transition to talk to Adam about the NHL playoffs. So transition. And we are back. Here on the Basement Talk podcast, I am here with Adam, as promised. Hi, Palsy Wowsy. How are you? Oh, Bird. I love talking about hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Makes me very happy. Makes me very warm and fuzzy inside. Especially when we're talking about the NHL playoffs and what this next two months is going to do to my life. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm really ready for it. And we don't count we don't count the bubble year for the Rangers. No, for many reasons. But Correct. officially the bubble year does not count. Rangers nope. missed the playoffs. Uh-uh. The bubble year, bubble year does not count. Rangers are back in the playoffs, which we are both very, very excited for. Um, we are in the middle of the first period of game one between the Hurricanes and the Bruins. Nothing, nothing still. Uh, in Carolina, let's go Bruins. But as promised, we are here to give our uh, playoff picks for the National Hockey League. And I mean, let's just kind of just jump right into it, shall we? So we're just going to go series by series. We're just going to make our picks. And eventually we're going to end up with a Stanley Cup champion. And we're going to see who's right, who's wrong, who's terrible at making picks, and who's great at it. So so, Adam, let's just start in the West, shall we? Let's start with Colorado, the Avalanche, taking on the Nashville Predators. Who do you got? Well, this pick is a lot easier with UC Soros missing the first two games of the series. Uh, and I think it was more in the Avalanche's favor, even with a healthy UC Soros, but uh, just because of the uh, hot goalie, conundrum of the NHL playoffs, not even a conundrum, the hot goalie paradigm, really, of the NHL playoffs, where a hot goalie could take you far. See Canadiens, comma, Montreal last year. Uh, but, yeah, Colorado just has too much firepower. Um, you know, they have a lot of – they have a fair amount of injuries. Uh, Landeskog might be 
in this round, might not be in this round, because he was out for a considerable amount of time. McKinnon's been hurt for a lot of the year, but they do have a fair amount of depth, and Darcy Kemper is a solid goalie. And uh, yeah, I think uh, Colorado wins this in five. I have Colorado in five uh, as well, and I mean, give credit to Nashville for at least being here because they really weren't supposed to be here. This will be a big uh, retool sort of season for Nashville. And I think you look at Roman Yossi, the monster season that he had yet again. I mean, basically was a point and a half, two point a game player for Nashville. Matt Duchesne, Ryan Johansson, both having really strong seasons, getting them to the playoffs. A really great story in, in, in Nashville for sure. But I mean, you're talking the juggernaut potentially of this entire playoffs in, in Colorado and what they've been able to do in building this team for the last couple of seasons, they're built to win a Stanley cup right now. And, you know, either they don't have uh, Gabriel Landeskog to start the series or even in the series at all, you, you still have Kale McCarr, who I think is going to be the big the big difference. And that matchup of Kale McCarr and Roman Yossi is just going to be unbelievable to see which defenseman uh, is able to really put their blueprint on, on this series. Uh, Nathan McKinnon, uh, Nazim Kadri, who Kadri, remember, remember when Kadri was a piece of shit in Toronto? Nobody liked him. He was just a Sean Avery-level pest. And well, now, I think he's, he's, and now good, he's one of the best but... second-line centers in, in, in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, he was good in Toronto, but he just kept getting suspended in the playoffs. That he was just a piece Toronto of shit. Series. No, he was a piece of shit. And now, now he's one of the best second line centers in, in the league. He's had he had a great year this year, and I'm going with Colorado in five. So we're we're very much in line on that one. A bit more of a uh, of a of a toss up here: the Minnesota Wild and the St. Louis Blues. Um, I, I'll, I'll take this one first just because uh, you took the you took the Colorado one first. I'm such a nice guy. I gave you an easy uh, easy layup there. Um, I'm gonna go for the Minnesota Wild. I'm gonna I think the Minnesota Wild uh, do do take care of business and I, it really comes down to to two things really. Number one, I think Minnesota has the edge in goal, whether it's gonna be uh, Billy Huso. Or Jordan Bennington, who I mean, Bennington, I think is just kind of done. Billy um, Huso has been really good this season. But Billy Huso has been really good. He's been really good. But it's Mark Andre experience. Flurry. I know it's Mark Andre I get Flurry. It. I, I I I've learned better than to doubt Flower, uh, especially when it comes to uh, to to playoff time and Kirill the Thrill. I think maybe he is the best player in this series. He's just an absolute highlight machine. I think when it comes down to it, talent and having the superior player definitely has the edge. And I think you look at Minnesota too as a whole, maybe even what Matt Zuccarello has done as well for them. Matt Zuccarello had a career high in points this year, almost an 80 point season for Matt Zuccarello. And of course, we love Zook, has a special place in my heart. What a just a great. I wonder why. Great... Yeah, I was going to say, I wonder why you mentioned Matt Zuccarello. What a great guy. I love him. No particular reason. What a great guy! I love him. But I mean, the St. the St. Louis the St. Louis Blues are, are are no slouch at all, especially on on offense. When you're looking at you know some of the players they have with Tarasenko, Rob Thomas, who had a career season, 77 points for him. 
Pavel Buchnevich, 75 plus point year for him. Uh, Jordan oh. Cairo had another had a 75 point season as well. There's potential that St. Louis can make this very interesting. I think they will make it interesting. It's going to be a very close series. Uh, it's going to really come down to the goaltending, I think, which goalie can potentially steal a game or two. And I trust Mark Andre Fleury to do it more than I trust Philly Huso. And that's nothing against Philly Huso at all. It's just more I have more confidence in the grizzled vet than I do in Huso. Hence why I'm going for the Minnesota Wild in seven games. That's a good one. You know, I'm going to go opposite of you. And I'm going to pick the St. Louis Blues in seven games because really it is goaltending. And Vili Husso is, oh boy, is he better right now than Marc Andre Fleury? Probably, probably at this point. You have to give the edge in playoff experience to Marc Andre Fleury. The guy's won three Stanley Cups. Let's be real here. Yep. Um, and he's been to uh, – he's played in a lot of playoff games. Just – I mean, that, hey, he, he spent said. a lot of his a lot of his career in Pittsburgh. They've made the playoffs now 16 seasons in a row. Uh, he had great success with uh, with the Golden Knights, reaching a Stanley Cup final with them. And now here he is in, uh, in Minnesota after being dumped by Vegas to Chicago. And by the way, fuck the Knights, by the way. Yeah, just really fuck them. I, I liked them before, but now I just really absolutely abhor their management style. It really it. it really is incredible how they went from being the darling to everybody hating the Knights. Well, it's because you're an if you're an asshole to your players, then yeah, that's you how you it. become an asshole. Yep. Yep. I agree. Fuck the Knights. Yeah. But that's not that's all we're talking about. We're talking about Blues and the Wild. We're talking about playoff teams, and they are not one of them. They are not one of them. That is correct. Uh, but yeah, Billy Husso is great. You know, the Blues have, I think they have a lot more depth in terms of scoring. Um, they have playoff experience. A lot of players on this Blues team were on that Stanley Cup team in 2019. Sure. Like Tarasenko, Rob Thomas, Jordan Bennington himself. Ryan O'Reilly as well. Yep. And I think that their experience, their experience teamed up with, yeah, their experience takes them uh, past the Minnesota Wild, uh, who are, the the Wild are weird because they're like a combination of being like a young team and an old team. And really for, for Minnesota, this is their last chance to be good for a while. I disagree. I, okay. I, I, well, those Capri penalties are going to be are going to be like albatrosses over their neck, around their necks for Parise and Suter. Yeah, but they still have a lot of guys on very on very control controllable costs, such as Kirill Kaprizov. You have him. You have him. You could do. You could do anything. Yeah, but I feel like for for Minnesota, it's going to be harder for them to add. I guess would be a more appropriate thing to say it's gonna be sure. harder for them to add just because sure. they're not going to have as much cap space because of the uh, buyouts for uh Suter and Parise so you think this is this is definitely then their uh, their last chance well this is one of their better chances because I think somebody like Kevin Fiala I don't know if they're going to be able to bring him back or afford him 
in the future. And he was their second highest point scorer this season at 85. He was one of their best players. And um, yeah, they have to make decisions on Matt Dumba. And he's you know, probably Brady. not back. I would think. Yeah. And, yeah. There are a lot of decisions that need to be made for, uh, Oh, Jordy Ben is on the, on the Minnesota wild. That's yep. interesting. Yep. It's always fun when you see guys that are still the league that you thought were out of the league. Oh, we'd love Jordy Ben. We'd love Jordy Ben. I, I can't say the same as uh, about his brother, but I like his brother. Honestly, he's a little, di- he can be a little dirty, but oh, he's a dickhead. Oh, he's a dickhead. Not as much as his teammate, but he's a dickhead. Well, you know, you know why we're radio professionals? Because we know how to segue. Whether intentionally or unintentionally. Because we're talking about the Dallas Stars and the, and the Calgary Flames. True. We are talking about the Flames. We are talking about the Stars. Adam, who do you got? Oh, God, please, no, Calgary. Please, I really hope Calgary doesn't blow this one for their sake. Because we've seen this so many times before where Calgary has been incredible in the regular season and they faltered at the playoffs. Most notably in 2019 when they lost to Colorado in the first round when they were the higher seed. And we didn't know that Colorado was going to be, you know, the, the 70s Canadians if the 70s Canadians couldn't get past the second round. But I think Calgary, Calgary has what it takes to get it to win against the Dallas Stars, just because Dallas is one is not the best team. They're probably they're not a great team. They're very top heavy, and Calgary with Daryl Sutter, it just fits so well. And their play style has been really good, and they've been playing playoff hockey, you know that style of play throughout the whole season. That's just how Daryl Sutter is, and he has a lot of playoff experience, not only with the Flames taking them to a Stanley Cup final that they should have probably won, but that's a discussion for another day. But he won two championships with the LA Kings. Um, And the Flames just have so much talent on offense with Johnny Gaudreau, Sean Monaghan, Andrew Mangiapane. It's ridiculous. And in goal with, uh, with Jacob Markstrom, who has been one of the best goalies all season. He's a good, he's a best in the contender. Definitely. So I think Calgary wins this in five. I think but the main difference, if it's a sweep, the main I difference for Calgary is, is the goaltending. They did not have goaltender at the level of Jacob Markstrom before this season. And yeah, you could talk about how Daryl Sutter really has gotten the best out of Mangiapane, out of Johnny Goudreau, out of Matty Chuck, out of Elias Lindholm. But it really comes down. If you have a goalie in between the sticks, I mean, the great example of that is, is, I mean, we're going to allude to them a lot before we eventually get there is looking at the New York Rangers and how a lot of the flaws that the Rangers may have as a team is masked by the fact that they have a world-class goalie in between the pipes. It's the same thing with the Calgary flames. They may not be the most consistent team night in night out. They could do two things. They could score number one and number two, they have a world-class goalie where if they're not scoring, they can lean on their goaltender to bail them out of certain games. And that's what Markstrom did. He was among the league leaders in wins. He had 37 wins this year, nine shutouts. 
he's the difference for the Calgary Flames, which is why I don't think it's a, a, a situation of Calgary being upset here is is going to happen. But the Stars, I mean, they they are loaded. They have Tyler Sagan. They have Jamie Benn. Um, even though are they, they are loaded, the, really they are the they are, they are, yeah, I think they're they're loaded. I mean, you have Joe Pavelski who put up eighty one points this year. Rupi Hints had a really good year as well, and Jason Robertson who quickly became one of my favorite players to watch. 79 points for him, 41 goals this year. And on, on the blue line as well with Miro Heiskanen, Issa Lindell, John Klingberg, Ryan Suter, who had a pretty solid year for, for the Stars, all things considered. And Jake Ettinger in, in, in goal, who when he took over the starters job, he just completely ran away with it in a 31 campaign. And for someone that is only in his second year, which is able to take the starter job, make it his own, and bring the stars to to the playoffs. It was a really competitive race for the wild card seeds in the uh, Western Conference. Uh, fair play, fair play to the Dallas Stars. They deserve to be here. I think they're probably the best out of the uh, the lower seeds. If you're looking at um, you're looking at them, you're looking at St. Louis. I think they're a better team than St. Louis. But that's just me. Uh, Nashville and the Kings. I think the Stars are whoa, probably the best whoa, the best whoa, team whoa. left. Yeah, I think they're better than St. Louis. I do. Really? Yeah, I do. That's okay. Yeah, I think I they're better. So. better than St. It's not by a lot. Not by a lot, but I, th- I think they're better than St. Louis. I do. But they're not They're not beating the Flames. That, that's They're not beating the Flames. I have the Flames winning in six. All right. Flames winning in six. The Wayne Gretzky Derby. The uh, Edmonton- I was going to make that joke. I'm happy that you did. Oh, I made it first. The Edmonton Oilers against the Los Angeles Kings. If only there's, this was a uh, a triple threat match featuring the New York Rangers in some way, somehow. Um, well, God. If the Rangers and Blues played each other, then it would really would be the Wayne True. Gretzky. It's the Wayne Gretzky Invitational where the Rangers, Blues, Kings, and Oilers just all play each other. Move the Blues to the Eastern Conference and get the Oilers, Kings, Blues, Rangers in the conference finals. And it would be Wayne Gretzky's uh, Wayne Gretzky's teams going at it. The Wayne Gretzky Cup. Yep. The Wayne, the Wayne Gretzky Cup. Memorial Cup. They've renamed the Stanley Cup for uh, for a season. You know, honestly, and I know that we go on tangents a lot, but I'm surprised that they haven't named an award after Wayne Gretzky yet. Um, maybe he doesn't want one. It's possible that he could just say, you know what, I want it. Wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me. But I mean, what would they name? They would have to rename one because, like, really, the Art Ross Trophy could easily be their Wayne Gretzky Award because Wayne Gretzky could. got a fuck ton of points over his career, over seasons. True, true. But uh, yeah, I get it. The Oilers and the Kings. The Oilers have to win the series, don't they? I mean, yeah, they've only won one series with both Drysidle and McDavid. The, 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 they are the two best players pound for pound in the National Hockey League. They have got to show that they can at least push it. I'm going with the Oilers in seven. Take a shot every time we mention goaltender. Yep. Uh, yep. I just Mike don't. Smith, I don't trust the Oilers goaltending at all. I just don't understand why. Well, I do understand because it's Ken Holland, but I don't understand why Ken Holland was like, you know, we have Mike Smith and Nico Koskinen. 
I think we're good at goaltender, actually. I think we're good. We have, I mean, they're both uh, over 900 as far as save percentage is concerned. And, but their goals against average, Mike, Miko Koskinen with a 310. Uh, goals against uh, Mike Smith with a 2.81. But yeah, I just don't, I don't think the goaltending is good. I don't know. I, th- I just don't think that the, the you numbers, always can the rely. Numbers are good. No, the but, numbers are good no. with Edmonton, but you just can't trust them because they're Edmonton and we've seen them hyped up and just fall apart before. Well, yes, it, it's sketchy. They're sketchy. That's what it is. Yeah. Very and sketchy. the fact of the matter is, is that if this playoffs is like the last playoffs and the playoffs before that, then Conor McDavid isn't going to get, is going to get assaulted on the ice and no, no penalties will be called. Because that is the playoffs. Brendan Lemieux going after Connor McDavid. You heard it here first. Yeah. Brendan Lemieux is going to bite Connor McDavid. Probably. Probably. On the neck. More than likely. I seriously, I mean, an NHL player could pull out a gun and shoot a player in the knee. Oh God. And the ref would be like, nah, they're just uh, I don't want to let this penalty decide the game. I'm going to let it go. Well, they've been they've been calling uh, they've been calling penalties left, right, and center for the two games that are going on right now. Well, hopefully they hopefully that's a a uh, a beacon for good officiating because uh, well, I I haven't seen any of any of the calls. I, I've the couple times I've turned around, I think I've seen uh, the Bruins on the power play. I know the, the Canes on the power play, and I just saw uh, Tampa on a power play against, uh, against Toronto. Honestly, I feel like the reason that uh, penalties aren't called as much in the playoffs is because calling a penalty is such a momentum swing based on a minor offense. Because like in, in the NFL, calling a fat, calling a penalty is 15 yards, which in the grand scheme of things is, you can gain that back in a bit. Uh, in in the NBA, fouls, shooting fouls are two points. You can gain that back in a bit. But in the NHL, if you call a penalty, then you have to play a man down for two minutes of game time. Sure. Where the other team has the puck in your offensive zone for about a minute and a half of those two minutes. If yeah. you're you know, depending on how your structure, your penalty kill structure. So I think that's probably why they don't do that. But I feel like they should because they have to reward teams that are good at drawing penalties and uh, have a deterrent for players acting like assholes and trying to decapitate each other on the ice. So who do you, ha- who do you have winning the series? Yes. Who do I have winning the series? Uh, I think it's Edmonton. Edmonton yeah. and seven. Seven? Okay. Uh, we'll stick with the West. We'll close out the West before we move to uh, to the East. So I have the Avs taking on the Wild. You have the Avs taking on the Blues. I'm going with the Avs over Minnesota in seven games. Okay. So the Avs finally get over the hump for yep. you. Get over the hump barely. All right. Well, this is going to be a rematch actually for me. 
for the uh, this is the 2019 Western Conference yep. uh, semifinal. Mm-hmm. And I think it goes the opposite. I think the Avs win. Uh, they beat the St. Louis Blues in in six. Actually, they finally get over yeah. the hump. They make it past the second round. Move on to the Western Conference Final. So we both have the Flames taking on the Edmonton Oilers. Adam, who do you got? Oh God! If this happens, I would be so happy. A seven-game battle of Alberta. Oh, oh my yes, God. please. Yes, please. Uh, I think it's going to be Calgary, but it's going to. I think Calgary is going to win in seven. I have Edmonton in seven. Really? Just a hunch. It really is just a hunch. I don't feel good about it. Don't ask me why. Don't ask for analysis. I, I don't have any for you. But it's uh, a Mike Smith revenge game. Just a hunch. I think the Oilers somehow get it done. Somehow, I, I'm ready to be disappointed. But, yeah. By get I it have, done, do you mean, like, go all the way? Get it done and get to, the, get to a conference final. Okay. Which is getting it done for the Oilers by their standards. Interesting. So then in the Western Conference final, it is the Avs versus the Flames slash Oilers. Uh, oh, boy. Well, Avs-Flames would be a pretty sick conference final. It would be. And frankly, Avs-Oilers would be too. But Avs-Flames, I think, match up better against each other. They match up really well. Really, really well. But I think the the Avalanche make it to the uh, Stanley Cup final here in six. I'm ready to be disappointed again. I'm going with the Oilers. Oh, my God. Go with the Oilers. Have to be different. Have to be different. I can't I can't just roll with the Avs to get to, to get to the Stanley Cup final. That's boring. Boring. Gotta add some spice. Gotta add some spice to it. McDavid dry side. Get, get it's very boring. Avs as get knocked out to the Oilers. Oilers go to the Stanley Cup final in the in the West. I'm ready for them to get knocked out in round one. I'm ready for it. Yeah, they're getting can you imagine they get swept by the Kings? Uh, I, I I'm ready for it. It wouldn't shock me. They're going to get really goalied by Jonathan Quick. Wouldn't shock me one bit if they were to get swept, swept by, the, uh, by the Kings. But I'll go with the Oilers. Go with the Oilers to go to the Stanley Cup final. They're going to get swept by the ghost of Dustin Brown. Hey, he's, he's still playing. He's still playing. You, you watch your mouth. Fine. The ghost of Drew Doughty. Fair. Fair. Who is not playing in this series. Or, no, I think he's not no, he's starting the this series. Oh yeah, I know he's out for the season. He's out for the season. My mistake. My I don't mistake. Think I he, yeah, I don't think he's coming. No, back. he's out for the season. He's out for the season. I, I don't know why I thought that he was potentially going to return because yeah, he was out for the season. I should have listened to my to my gut instinct on that one. Okay, let's uh, go to the east. It's gonna be fun. Let's go to the east. Yeah, I, you could make a case for any of the eight teams in the, in the east to win it. You you, you really can. Um, Except maybe the Capitals. Uh, you can get to the Capitals. They have a guy by the name of Alex Ovechkin. Might be the best pure goal scorer in the playoffs. You can make the case. Uh, but the Panthers and the Caps, I'm going for the Panthers in five. The season that Jonathan Huberto had, 115-point year for him. Uh, Sasha Barkov 
had a great year. Anthony Duclair, 30 goal season for him. Carter Verhage, a great year for him. And, and really what changed, I think, everything. I mean, the Panthers were good. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that the Panthers weren't good before uh, Claude Giroux got to town, but Giroux with the Panthers has just been unbelievable. 23 points in 20 games for him. Uh, ben Sherratt has really settled things down um, on the blue line with the absence of Aaron Ekblad. It, the Panthers have a real good shot to make a run this year, and, and I think they take care of the Capitals uh, quite comfortably in, in the first round. I have Florida in five. Well, you'd hope so. But Florida hasn't won around in like 25 years. Nope. Nope, and, and they've never played the Capitals in the, in the playoffs either. This is the first time that the Panthers and Capitals have met in the playoffs. That's crazy. They haven't won around since we've been alive. Well, that changes. That changes. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. I think I do have Florida here. Just because the Capitals take a shot, goaltending, it's just, it's not good for them. Ilya Samsonov no. has been okay. At uh, best. Vitek Vanacek has been okay. And the Capitals have been kind of a, a very top-heavy team that has really been relying on Alex Ovechkin. Yeah, their window is just kind of fading, if it's even still open really at all. But, hey, I'm happy it's them and not the Islanders. Yeah, I am also happy it's them and not the Islanders. Let's go on to the next one. The One of the games that's taking place right now, Toronto against the Lightning. It is currently one nothing to the Toronto Maple Leafs in, uh, in, in, this, in that game, in game one. I'm going with the Tampa Bay Lightning at seven. Well, I'm not surprised. I mean, they're back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Yep. And wow, it's it's Jake Muzzin that scored? Holy yep. shit. Jake Muzzin. Jake Muzzin scored the goal. And Good I have two him. words. Two words for you why I think Tampa Bay is going to win the series. Andre Vasilevsky. If it wasn't for another guy, if it wasn't for another guy who we're going to get to very, very shortly, I would say that Andre Vasilevsky is the best goaltender on the planet right now. He's very good. He's very, very good, and he's capable of stealing a series. And how many times are we going to be doing this for Toronto where they're just going to run into a hot goalie? It just seems to happen all the time. Whether more often than not, uh, who was it in the bubble? Was it Corpus Allen or Merzlikens that was hot for Merzlikens? Merzlikens. It was Merzlikens, Tuka Rask all those years, Harry Price in 2021. Tuka Rask, Tuka they had in their system and traded away for Andrew Raycroft, mind you. Uh, that was a great one. Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, yeah, nobody ever talks about that trade. I wonder why. Nope, nobody ever it's talks never, about it because, because it's never it's, brought up. Because it's the Leafs. It's the Leafs. No, no one wants to talk about talk shit about the Leafs. Um, no. But Vasilevsky just outclasses Jack Campbell or Peter Morazic or whomever the hell is going to be in goal for the Maple Leafs. Eric Chaldron, maybe. Yeah, it could change any given day. Um, Vasilevsky makes a difference in the series, and I'm going for them in seven. Would it shock me, though, if, if Toronto were to win the series in five? No, wouldn't shock me at all. I don't think Toronto's going to win the series in five. 
I think Vasilevsky is going to steal a couple games, more at least more than one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a, I like the Maple Leafs, but I I think that and I think that this is real. This they have so much pressure. All the pressure is on the Maple Leafs in this series because Tampa Bay, big one. What do they have to do? What do they have to prove? They're back to back Stanley Cup champions. Nothing. The Maple Leafs haven't won around since 2004. Yep. They have, and you know their core is is getting any younger, and they're making a lot of money. And Mitch Marner needs to come through in the playoffs because he just hasn't. Austin Matthews needs to come through in the playoffs. William Nylander was good in the playoffs last year, and he was about the only one of the big three uh, who was good because John Tavares was hurt. Um, yeah, like the defense has looked really good with the, it's looked really good since Giordano has gotten there. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Giordano has made a world of difference for that defense. Mm -hmm. Colin Blackwell has actually been pretty solid for their, for their forward core. Yep. That's a great bottom six, bottom six forward. Stop me if you've heard that one before. Yeah. And, uh, Michael Bunting has come out of nowhere as a guy that, is just so is the, ridiculous. The super 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 rookie. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like the it's like the Panarin here. Uh, well, really, it's like the Ben Simmons versus. No, actually, no, it isn't. It's like Panarin. Panarin was an older rookie, wasn't he? I think Bunting is older. I think Michael Bunting's like 25, 26. Well, I mean, I'm saying that because Panarin won the Calder Trophy, or the yeah, the Calder Trophy when he was when he was a rookie over Connor McDavid, if I'm correct, and I don't know if I am. Yeah, Bunting, Bunting is uh, 26, and did Artemi win it over? Yep, he did. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was very controversial when it happened. He did. 2016. Yep. Well, when, how old was he? He was. Uh, if my uh, shit wants to work, he was 25. Oh, look at that. 25. So Bunting, Bunting has him by a year. But yeah, Michael Bunting with a crazy breakout career year, potentially, is he was 26 at this point. But you never know. Uh, Toronto has the talent to win this series, but do they have the playoff medal to get past Tampa Bay? Will they get inside their own heads? Because I feel like that's really what happened with Montreal last year is that they got up three, one and they got inside their own heads and that's what happened. And that's why they blew it. Some will say that it's the only hope that Canada really has to uh, bring home the Stanley Cup this year. For those that don't believe in Calgary or don't believe in Edmonton, uh, I think a lot of people are zeroing in on Toronto to potentially be the team that get that gets it done. But I mean, again, you're looking at this Eastern Conference; it's just so loaded. And again, you can make a case for any of these teams. So Adam has Toronto moving on. I have Tampa moving on. And now let's go to Carolina taking on Boston. This could be a lot closer series than 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 people think. Both teams are top five defensive units in the National Hockey League. It's going to be a very low-scoring series. It's going to be decide, a lot of games decided by one goal, if not two, uh, the two being an empty netter. 
uh, late in games. I'm going to go with Carolina. I know some people might think, oh, maybe this is a, a, a easy one for Carolina, four or five. I think Carolina win this in seven. Like Carolina win this in seven. I think this Boston team is kind of slept on a little bit, and they're going to give Carolina a little run for their money. And I think Carolina takes this series, and they take it in seven. But a real sweat for, for Carolina. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Carolina wins this. And I think Carolina wins this in six, to be honest with you. I think uh, Carolina just has so much depth with their forward core and with their defense. The fact of the matter is, is that they lost Dougie Hamilton in free agency and they have not lost a step defensively. Nope. I mean, it helps when you have uh, Tony D'Angelo. Uh, coming in there to really replace what Dougie Hamilton has done, and he's done so to a team. And to- say what you want about Tony D'Angelo. I know if only he wasn't an asshole. Well, if I mean, he- some people are going to say what they want about about Tony D'Angelo, but I mean, he's been he's been great this year. He's been great this year for 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 Carolina, and you know, it's it's a shame that it ended the way that uh, it did in New York, and uh, you know, now he's going to have some success against uh, uh, with Carolina. And uh, he's going to be a big part of what they do. He is a big part of what they do. And uh, maybe he gets to see his old buddies uh, in the next round. We'll see. Yeah, Frankly, if Tony D'Angelo wasn't such an asshole, he probably could win the Morris. Uh, I don't know about that because you have some, some Jewish kid from Jericho who happens to play for some, uh, some some team and uh, who went to New my York. cousin's high school. Yep, yep, that guy, that guy. Yeah. Oh, great segue. Great segue. Rangers Rain- Penguins. Rangers Penguins. Well, what needs what more needs to be said about the Rangers? The Rangers are a tale of two teams. The Rangers before the deadline were a team that could not score on five on five on five, and were buoyed by godlike goaltending, basically. An amalgamation of Jacques Plante, Ken Dryden, and Patrick Waugh. And post deadline, they are they look like the complete team that everybody thought they were going to be at the end of this rebuild. That still kind of is okay at scoring at five point five, but they've gotten better at it. They've gotten better at it. They've also definitely been bailed out at times by the play of. Igor Shesterkin, aka God, whatever you want, whatever you want to call him, God, Igor, huh, synonyms of each other. I think I think Igor is how you say God in Russian. I'm not I'm not exactly sure. Sounds sounds right. Won't bother to I check. It, I but think sounds it's Chesty, right. actually. I think oh, it's oh. yeah. Oh, so that's what Ryan Reeves uh, Ryan Reeves is actually a linguist. So when he says Shesty release us, he's saying God release us. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, okay. I've, Ryan Reeves is a linguist. I knew it. I knew he's it. He's a man of God. faith. He's a man uh, of faith. I, I know it. What a great guy. What a great guy. Uh, Adam, who do you have? I got the Rangers, please. The Rangers <laughs> in six. Because the Penguins have the high-end talent to steal a couple games. I the Penguins in seven. You what? Psych, I the Rangers in six. Are you kidding? Okay, good. Come on. good. I wanted to get a reaction out of you. Yeah, I the Rangers in six. Rangers in six. Woo! Because it doesn't help either that Pittsburgh are going to be without Christian Jarry uh, to start the series. So it's going to be Mike DeSmith 
that will start the series. Casey, Casey Smith. Casey Smith. Excuse me. I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at my screen. I'm looking right. At, I'm looking right at Calgary, and I'm thinking, oh yeah, Mike Mike Smith. Yeah, that's right. No, Casey Mike Smith doesn't even play for Calgary anymore. I know. I know. I, I'm looking at Calgary. I'm thinking of Mike Smith. Don't. Don't, don't just don't come at me. I'm well, tired. listen, if you want to have a derogatory nickname for Casey Smith, you can call him Mike DeSmith. True, I could. I could. Maybe I want him to be like Mike. Maybe I want him to be like Mike Smith when Mike Smith was in Calgary. Maybe that's what I'm trying to project. Is Casey DeSmith, please be like Mike Smith when Mike Smith was in Calgary. Um, but yeah, I, I I do think the difference is gonna be Igor uh, in goal for, for the Rangers. Not to mention the Rangers have played Pittsburgh quite well. Uh, this year, I think the main difference in this series is going to be uh, the power play of the Rangers, where the Rangers are one of the top power play teams in, in the league. And the Penguins, uncharacteristically, mind you, it, it, versus in years past, have struggled uh, on the power play, um, where the Penguins, I believe they have a 20% uh, conversion rate on the power play versus the Rangers, who are sitting at around 25%. Um, so, I'm I'm gonna go with the Rangers in six. Uh, That's crazy. Human one out of every five power or one out of every four power plays, the Rangers are like, we got you. Power play goal. I mean, they have power play goal king Chris Kreider. So it's I mean, true. It just makes sense. It's true. Someone someone just got called for a uh, for a penalty. Okay, it was Ian Cole for for Carolina. So Boston are going on the. Uh, are going on the power play. So come on. That's come very, on, Boston. very, very distracted. We're talking oh, about the Rangers here. Well, there's, there's hockey on. Come on, Adam. Come on, Adam, please. There's hockey, there's hockey on. I, I see, I see a referee uh, in, in the reflection. I have to turn around and see what's going on. Maybe there was a goal or something. I don't know. Um, all right. So let's go to the top. Let's do Florida versus your Toronto, my Tampa. Uh, Adam, who do you got? Oh, got another diabolical series for the Maple Leafs. Um, I think that, I think Florida takes care of Toronto. Toronto's going to be happy if they do end up winning a round. But, um, I mean, that's what a low bar that is. But um, I think that Florida's just too good for Toronto at this point. And Toronto's goaltending. The defense is good, but Florida can kill you with four lines. They're ridiculous. And Toronto just doesn't have enough for that. I'm going so with Florida Tampa. and six. I'm going with Tampa and seven. And it's really, it, it's a couple things. One, I think it's the experience of Tampa. And defensively, I think Tampa is can match up really well with Florida. Number two, depends on the health of Sergei Bobrovsky, who... You know, we don't know what his uh, situation is looking like. We know Freddie Anderson will be back at some point versus the Bruins. We know Tristan Jarry will most likely be back at some point versus the Rangers. We don't know what the situation right now is with Sergei Bobrovsky in, in Florida. And if he is back for the series, then, you know, we have something to talk about. But even then, it's still Andre Vasilevsky. It's still Steven Stamkos. It's still Braden Point. Still Nikita Kucherov. I like Tampa to pull this out, but this is going to be an unbelievable series. Battle of Sunshine State in the uh, in the semis here. I'm very down. 
very, very, very down for that. So give me, give me the Tampa Bay Lightning over the Florida Panthers. Spice things up a little bit. That's a good one. I mean, that would be a fun series. I would watch ten games of uh, Panthers Lightning. As I would watch I. fifty games of Panthers Lightning. I would watch a whole season just the Panthers and the Lightning play each other for eighty-two games. And no thanks. I would want to see the Rangers in there somewhere, but I could watch ten games of that. I don't know if I could watch eighty-two. No, well, they just play eighty-two straight, and then all the other teams just act like a third, like it's a thirty-game or a thirty-team league. But Florida and Tampa just play each other consistently. Okay. All right, so let's go to Carolina versus the Rangers. Um, this one, I do have Carolina beating the Rangers. I have Carolina beating the Rangers in five. I, I, just, think Car- I, think, I just think yeah. Carolina just – they match up really, really well. They're a superior team versus the Rangers. And it kills me to say it. It really, really, really does. Maybe this is just my, my jinx trying to jinx Carolina a little bit. But – I do think in all seriousness, they do match up really, really well against the Rangers. They should have Freddie Anderson back at this point. And I think that makes a difference in, in, in this series. I think Carolina gets the job done. Yeah, I have Carolina winning in six just because Carolina does. Carolina's played the Rangers really well mm-hmm. this past season. Like the Rangers have barely been able to do anything against Carolina when yep. they've played. They won that one game, but that was about it. Yeah, but Carolina, Carolina also outplayed us in that entire game. And yeah. it took Alexander Georgiev looking like uh, Patrick Waugh, Martin Brodeur, Ed Belfour, uh, Eddie Jackman all got together. Mike for Richter. One steamy love session, had a child, and his name was Alexander Georgiev for one night and one night only. Yeah. So I just don't think, like, I love this. The Rangers, you know, doing well in the playoffs, but I don't think like running into a team like Carolina, I just don't think it'll go like we would hope. I would feel much better about our chances if it's Boston and not Carolina. Yeah, but although if it is Boston, then that's okay. That walk that's, either. Some, that's some weird fuckery. I'm like, there's something weird happened along the way here. Why did you beat Carolina? Yeah, that would be. That would be no uh, no cakewalk if it is Boston, but because then we could be running into like a hot goaltender. Because like that's like Ottawa. It, the last time the Rangers actually made the playoffs, yeah. where I think both of the, both of us overlooked Ottawa after the Montreal series, and that turned out to not go well for us when it happened because you know the Rangers got eliminated and they hadn't made the playoffs since until this year. All right, so let's go to the conference final. You have Florida versus Carolina. Very boring. 1-1-1-1. So boring. And I have Tampa. I'm sorry. These teams are good. Adam, I will, I will bet you cash money that it does not go 1-1-1-1. One, 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 one. I'm pretty cash sure money. it won't. Cash I'm money. pretty sure that it won't. But I still think that's going to happen. Sure it won't, but I think it's going to happen. Okay. All right. Uh, Florida. Versus Carolina and then Tampa. Or I versus... guess I hope it's going to happen. No, you don't. You, you don't hope it happens because you hope the Rangers are in there as the two that breaks it up. That's what you hope happens. Okay, fine, whatever. And then for me, it's Tampa versus Carolina. Uh, I have Carolina in six. Um, I think the uh, the the Great Wall of Vasilevsky is broken down, and I think Carolina goes back to the Stanley Cup final. And for me, 
It is a rematch of 2006 between the Edmonton Oilers and the Carolina Hurricanes. All we need now is Chris Pronger to be on the blue line for the Oilers and Cam Ward to be in goal for the Hurricanes. Hmm. Who did I? I said the Avalanche, right? To come out of the West? Yes. All right. Since you're going to do a rematch, I'm going to do a rematch too. Florida, Colorado, rematch of the last time the Panthers actually did something in the playoffs. Let's do it. How many? And how many games for, for Florida over Carolina? No, I'm saying that's – well, that's my matchup. Oh, I know, I know. I'm saying oh. but how many how many games in the Eastern Conference Final? You have Florida beating Carolina in how many games? Okay. Uh, I have Florida beating Carolina in six. Okay. All right, then we get to our Stanley Cup Final. Uh, for me, it is Edmonton and Carolina. For Adam, it is, Co- it is Colorado versus Florida. Uh, Adam, who do you got? I wonder if they would make them wear – I wonder if they'd allow them to wear throwbacks for one game. Just to, because it's a rematch. I wonder if fans in Florida can, will throw rats on the ice if this happens. Anyway, besides the point, uh, who do I have in this matchup? I think that it goes the same way that it did 26 years ago. And that, well, not exactly the same, because I don't think Colorado sweeps Florida, but I do think that Colorado wins the Stanley Cup. Fuck, we do not need Stan Kroenke winning another championship this year, for fuck's sake. Listen, it's Josh Kroenke. It's okay. For fuck's sake. Not, we don't need, not need KSC winning another championship. That would break my heart. But they're such a good team. They're so likable. Uh, their owner is not likable. Fuck Stan. It's his son. He's not even, Stan's not even involved. No, Stan, uh, Stan is involved, please. Stan it's is like going bankrolls the entire thing. It's like Arsenal. Stan's not even involved. Josh Josh is involved with Arsenal. I, I do, See, that's I do what I'm enjoy, talking about. I do enjoy me some Josh, but he, he, is, he is a product of Stan and, and fuck Stan. Hey, it could be a very a very uh, good year for uh, for the Cronkies. You could have the Rams win the Super Bowl, the Az win the Stanley Cup. And Nuggets the ain't winning the NBA, NBA championship. That's come and gone. The Rapids aren't winning the MLS Cup. That's not happening. And Arsenal can win their fam- the famous fourth-place trophy. That doesn't I'm saying it is more prestigious than the Champions League and the Premier League. The fabled fourth-place trophy that only means something to teams that are not Arsenal. If it's Arsenal, oh, it's only fourth place. If it's Manchester United, Chelsea, Liverpool, anybody else, Mad City, oh, it's fourth place. It's a hell of an achievement. Anyway, yes, I have Colorado beating Florida in six. This is gonna be a good. It would be a good series if that was the case. I have Carolina beating Edmonton in six, and I have Carolina finally getting over the hump and winning the Stanley Cup. Carolina won in two. I know they won in two thousand six. I'm saying I'm saying this current crop. Okay, this I was about to crop. say yes. Yeah, I'm like you think you know I, that, you, you think know I would that they bring won. up two thousand and six <laughs> and not know that Carolina won the Stanley Cup? Come on now, Adam. Just want to make sure questioning my knowledge unbelievable well adam thank you so much for uh for coming on it's always always a pleasure talking hockey with you sir and with that let's get back to jake and i and we're going to start talking about the nfl draft so transition 
And we are back. Thank you so much to Adam for coming on and talking about the NHL playoffs with us. Jake, I'm sure that was a very riveting conversation that you just heard. Yeah, I mean, it felt like I was taking a nap during the whole conversation. (laughs) So, now that the NHL playoffs are done and our discussion is over, let's talk about the draft that was. And Again, most sincerest apologies in the world. Adam and I recorded uh, the our round one reactions, and upon discovering that the recording was fine and everything like that came out perfectly, just the audio was completely fucked up, and you couldn't listen to a goddamn thing I was saying because it just sounded like I was talking one inch away from the microphone, which I can confirm that I was not. So, uh, yeah, had to record that on my own. And I hate recording things of my own. It's quite terrible because you can't bounce anything off anybody. I don't know how Mike Francesca was able to do it for 30 plus years, just talking to himself. But then again, Mike Francesca is a bit of a maniac. So I can't see how he kind of did it. The Pope. The Pope. Do, yeah. I, do, we, do, we, do we need to go say anything else right there? I mean, it's the Pope. He, to some, to some maniac. Yeah, shout out, shout out to Jason Giambi. Shout out to the snowblower. Shout out to the New York and San Francisco Giants. Shout out to Andy Pettit. I, th- I don't know if I missed any others, but. Have you seen, if you haven't seen it, I'll, I, I will send it to you. And for all of those that haven't seen it, you could pause the podcast right now and go search this up. Have you heard Boomer and Carton's Eight Days of Christmas? Um. Yeah, a while ago, though. Not enough where I would remember it. So if I were listening, I'd probably be like, oh, let me go remind my memory. S- hysterical. I It came up on my suggested on YouTube like maybe a month ago, and I hadn't heard it in years. And just tears, tears. It's quite good. If anybody hasn't heard it, just go put it on YouTube. It's, it's quite good. It's very funny. But let's talk about the NFL draft and the draft that was we're talking about the draft from a pure football perspective and just putting that out there. Cause some people are going to listen to this and think, Oh, this has to be fantasy. Nope. We'll be talking about the draft from a fantasy perspective, from a dynasty perspective on the next two basement talk podcast fantasy shows, which we recorded tomorrow, Tuesday and on Wednesday. So for now we're just talking straight NFL Football implications, no fantasy involved. Who won the draft? Who lost the draft? Who had a terrible draft? Who had a great draft? So, Jake, winner, loser, however you want to start it, go ahead. Just start the conversation however which way you want. I mean, let me think here. The Baltimore Ravens are are. I would say the the clear cut, like this is how you do this whole draft thing. Right. And I just think about it like this. I think every team just needs to get to the spot where you could be the Ravens and just draft good players where you don't have to reach on need, where you don't need to go into the draft saying, Oh, we need, we desperately need a number one receiver or we're, we're going to flat out suck this year, or we don't have any pass rush. We don't have any corners, but they were just in a position where, Oh, we're pretty good everywhere around. Let's just take a top five talent in the draft, Kyle Hamilton, at 14 overall. Let's just trade Marquise Hollywood Brown because we know how to draft properly. And we think that 
we can find a replacement for Marquise Brown. We have a guy in Rashad Bateman that's pretty damn good. Let's take Tyler Linderbaum, who's probably also a top five talent, because that's what we do. We stockpile good players. We're in a position where we stockpile enough picks to where, oh, this project, David Ajabo, probably a top 20 talent in the draft. He's just hurt. Let's nurse him back to health because we just have a whole stable of pass rushers. And that they, they just do things differently than every other team in the league. And I, I really commend them for it. And that's where I want my favorite team to be one day. I It's it's very simple. The Baltimore Ravens is just very good at this draft thing. They are so good at it. And it's it, like, we're surprised. We're surprised the Baltimore Ravens just have a great draft every single year. And they did. I mean, if we're looking at their draft hall altogether, Kyle Hallinson, Tyler Linderbaum, David Ajabo, Travis Jones, Daniel Falele, Jalen Armore Davis. Those are right there. Six top 100 players on my overall big board, they were able to get with their first six picks. I mean, now, a Travis Jones is also how they were. How Travis Jones fell to round three to me is, is still a bit of a mystery. Armore Davis, a lot more people were higher on than I was. I had some concerns. I thought that he was just. I think a lot of people just saw Alabama corner, really, really tall, big. He had some issues for me in coverage. Um, I don't know if I mean, where they drafted him was a whole nother story, but yeah, fourth um, round. Travis, Travis Jones to me was a first round type of talent. We talked about it on the um, positional breakdowns. Travis Jones was a late first. I, I, I don't know how the Perrion Winfrey even fell out. I mean, how crazy was that? Crazy. But, crazy. Yeah. Travis Jones was another one, man. Well, the thing with, with uh, Armour Davis is he had the injury issue too and he's got major injury concerns but i mean the value of taking him in the fourth round where baltimore does have secondary issues that needed to be addressed you're getting guys a top the top 100 player that could very easily produce and by the way it's baltimore so who would be surprised if a jalen armore davis pans out no no we wouldn't be and not to mention two really good pass catchers with with, with superior upside in charlie kolar out of iowa state who i really liked and then Isaiah Likely at Coastal Carolina, who we both loved in the pre-draft process. Yeah, it's just a stable of talent and player development. And that this is, that's just how you do this whole draft thing is Baltimore and seeing some other teams' boards. And it's just like uh, – it's just like they were playing check, uh, chess when they were just playing fucking like not even checkers, just like Scotch, Candyland. Candy it's yeah. brutal. Yeah, and, and I, I maybe this is like a, a fantasy take, but I think we, we have to address it. Uh, the trade of Hollywood Brown to Arizona. Um, obviously, that solves Arizona's problem now for a number one receiver. Now that DeAndre Hopkins was sp- suspended for six games on Monday, he is appealing the six-game suspension. We'll definitely have more on that on the Basement Talk Podcast fantasy show for you tomorrow. Um, but in the meantime... The number one receiver right now for the Baltimore Ravens is Rashad Bateman. They did not draft a receiver at all in in this draft. So that suggests two things to me. One, the Ravens are good with what they have at receiver. They think Bateman, who they drafted in the first round last year, can can be improved, can be even better, could potentially be a star, and be the guy that leads the receiving core for Baltimore. And number two... They're not going to be a pass-heavy team, and not, they're not going to involve receivers. They could have guys in on the cheap. They could be using, 
I don't want to say no name receivers because you have Rashad Bateman, you have Devin Duvernay, who are two very good receivers, but you don't need that star marquee name at receiver when you have maybe the best tight end in all football, Mark Andrews, who Lamar Jackson is just going to pepper anyway. So, and, and, and not to mention this is a run first offense as well. So, you know, I really think that Baltimore is taking the emphasis away from needing receivers. They're going with Mark Andrews. They're trusting Lamar Jackson with his legs and they're, they're just going to do it their way. And with the Baltimore Ravens, 99 times out of a hundred, it works. And I have no doubt that it's going to work again. It was an A plus draft for Baltimore, or an A plus 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 draft for for Baltimore in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, I, I I can't even repeat that. You just said everything, and just to add on to your point, that I'd be really surprised if they keep this receiving depth chart the same. There's two names that really stick out to me. It's Odell Beckham Jr. Keep an eye on, and keep an eye on. We have to. It's still a thing. Keep an eye on Antonio Brown as well. Yeah. That the smoke will always be there with AB and the Ravens. Always, always, especially when he wants to uh, potentially get back at Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, what better way to do it than just go and sign with uh, with Baltimore? That will uh, that will most certainly do it. Um, a winner for for me. I mean, we're just gonna rip off the band aid right now, considering we were going to talk about them at some point, weren't we? Uh, the New York Jets. New York Jets. No, for me. I wasn't gonna say them. Well, I'm going to. I'm going to, and I can say it as an outsider. You would say it, and you'd be automatically called bias. So I'm sa- I'm saving you from the voice of public opinion. I, thank you, friend. You're welcome. So, yeah, as, as an outsider, I really think the Jets had an unbelievable draft. They did not have a pick in rounds five, six, or seven, but they didn't really need it. They did not really need to go and have a pick in those late rounds because, really, what was it going to do for them anyway? They had seven choices in this draft. All of them, I thought, were outstanding choices that fit that fit needs for this Jets team. Sauce Gardner at number four, shut down corner for the next 10 years. And in a division, like I said in my mock, that has Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, Devontae Parker as your three number one receivers, you now have a corner that can match up with those guys. Uh, outstanding choice for the Jets at number four. Garrett Wilson at number 10. I was a little critical of that because I'm not a Garrett Wilson guy. I was more of a Jamison Williams, Drake London sort of guy, but I see the appeal with Garrett Wilson and also taking into consideration that Elijah Moore, for me, it's going to be a 1A, 1B in this offense, and I'm a big Elijah Moore fan. So if this just means that they view Elijah Moore, that he could be the equal to Garrett Wilson in this offense, I'm completely fine with it. And I'm not saying that Garrett Wilson's bad because he's not. I just was higher on Jamison Williams and London than I was on Garrett Wilson, but he will be completely fine for the Jets, and he will be a great option for for Zach uh, in this passing game. Jermaine Johnson at 26 for me is one of the picks of the draft, just period. My my number two edge rusher over Kayvon Thibodeau, and how he fell to 26 is a fucking mystery to me. It Honestly, it does not make any sense, and I haven't heard any reason, any like concrete reason why Johnson fell so far. It, yeah, I haven't heard. The, the ones that I hear is just a oh, one-year production, older player. But you look the at age, some of the other guys. It's yeah, just like, the age was a thing, but the age doesn't, doesn't bother me. Like, this guy's a great, great player. And yeah. one, year, one year of production, okay, sure. Joe Burrow had one year of production, too. And that didn't steer anybody away from Joe Burrow, 
Like, I'm not saying that Jermaine Johnson is the Joe Burrow of edge rushers, but come on now. Like, it's lazy, excuse, yeah. Yeah, it's a lazy take. It's a very, very lazy take. Uh, Brees Hall at, at, at 36 as well. Love that pick for them. I think he is the, the future clear-cut number one running back for, for the Jets. Jeremy Rucker out of Ohio State. There are a lot of people who liked him. Some people thought that he was good enough to be around one talent. I wasn't one of them, but can he be a really, really good contributor for the Jets with C.J. Uzama at tight end? Yes, and he provides a bit of that blocking emphasis that Uzoma necessarily doesn't bring to the table. Max Mitchell, good swing tackle. I think he'll be fine. And Michael Clemens provides more depth of the edge. Overall, a fantastic, fantastic draft by Joe Douglas, Rob Sala, and the rest of the New York Jets. And Jake, you should be very thrilled. I know you are thrilled with what your team did. Yeah, I mean, listen, they got a lot more explosive. And for years, we have been looking for explosiveness from this team. And uh, it, I, the way I look at it is if Zach Wilson is halfway decent, they should be able to score points with this offense. They Their their offensive line is – if Mekhi Becton shows up and is healthy, that solidifies the offensive line to me. You got three really good tight ends with Uzama, Tyler Conklin, now Ruckert. The receivers, they're about four deep there with – uh, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, Braxton Berrios, they got back. And they also have two really good running backs. I, I, I disagree with this whole notion that Michael Carter will just go away with Brees Hall. I still think Michael Carter will get his run. Douglas at the end of, at the end of the draft was saying, listen, we were looking for a running mate with Michael Carter. We weren't looking to replace Michael Carter. We would have, we would in an ideal world, we would have loved to have drafted a running back on day three of the draft. Like we did last year, but we just simply couldn't find another Michael Carter who we wouldn't have drafted on day three to begin with. We had a third, second, third round grade on the guy. So if Zach Wilson is good, if not even like top 10, top 50, if we just think he's a starting quarterback in the NFL by the end of the season, I think the Jets might surprise some teams this year. Really do. I think five and a half wins the over is kind of where I'm leaning at right now. It's where I'd be leading as well. All right. I think six, seven wins probably is, is a fair shout for, for the Jets team. And I agree. I agree with you. Zach Wilson just needs to deliver the bare minimum. And I think with the influx of talent, the Jets have brought in, not just this offseason, but last offseason as well, finally getting the whole band together. Obviously, Carl Lawson coming in is really going to help that pass rush, which I, I don't necessarily think that people were you know raving about the Jermaine Johnson pick necessarily. They just saw a kid that maybe was going to go go top 10, got some value out of it. Trust me, Jermaine Johnson is going to be exactly what the Jets need, if not more. And I know, Jake, you were very much on the uh, Kayvon Thibodeau train, but you have to be really, really happy with getting Jermaine Johnson at 26. You've got, John- you've got that yeah. edge rusher. Jermaine, Jermaine Johnson was my third-ranked edge rusher. Yeah. Yeah. So and he was if- – uh, yes, I probably would have drafted Thibodeau, but if you would have told me for the draft that it's either Sauce Gardner and Jermaine Johnson, both, or just Thibodeau, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I think I'm going to go with option A. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. All right, Jake, uh, you have another winner or another uh, or another loser? I'm just real quick. A, a loser to me, I, I think the biggest, I, I get it, they know more than I do, but what are the New England Patriots doing? No idea. I truly think this was a draft where, okay, let's just show everybody we're smarter than them. They just try too hard to be the smartest people. Like, what are they doing? I How did they get better this weekend? Can you can you give me any pick where you can be like, wow, that makes them a lot better? Um, there was one. There was one pick 
that I can say I was kind of like, ah, okay, you know, that makes sense. It was the Marcus Jones pick out of out of Houston. I had him as an early him. round three grade. They got a little bit of a value there. Um, what he brings to special teams as well. But I mean, outside I mean, of how that, how many running backs are you going to have on your roster too? Uh, it, that's fair. I mean, drafting Pierre Strong in the fourth round, Kevin Harris in the sixth round. It's like okay, you have Brandon Bolden, you have Ramondre Stevenson, you have Damian Harris, and, and still James White. And st- yeah, and still James White too. So now you, now you're going to have two of those guys are probably going to get cut, and two of them will probably end up in your practice squad. So it's just kind of like you know what, what's, what's the, the end plan? Game? Yeah, what's the end game? Like right. how did they how did they help Mac Jones this weekend? Um, I think Tyquan Thornton with his downfield speed will be able to blow by people. Oh, they passed on some good players though. For they, him. They, yeah, they passed on some really really good players for to get Tyquan Thornton, and he better he better deliver right away. Uh, but the the pick that everybody's going to talk about is of course Cole Strange and. I'm not going to hate on the pick because I liked Colt Strange a lot. Not as a first-round player. But not as a first-round pick. No, 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 no. I had him at 67th on my overall, my overall big board. And, yeah, for, for me, the value was not there. I, I don't know what they were seeing. But if you, want, if, if you wanted a guard, why not, why not just sit? Why not just sit at 21? Why trade back and, and get value? To me, it, that didn't it didn't make sense for me as to why they did it. If you wanted a guard, just take Tyler Smith, who da- who Dallas ended up taking. Now, I don't know if they had a high grade on Tyler Smith. I know some teams didn't, um, but I know some teams did. Dallas obviously was one of them. But to I me, told you that too during the whole process. Yeah, yeah, he did it, and and thank God. Thank God Traylon Burks wasn't uh, wasn't in, in the picture. He was long I, gone, which I was I was long shocked. Gone. Long shocked gone. That he was he wasn't even in the picture. Like they, they didn't even sniff the same the same territory. And and Dallas Dallas wasn't wasn't that interested in in Burks. The two the one receiver that they were really interested in was Olave. Oh man, that they didn't sniff uh, Traylon Burks. They weren't even they. They tried the to trade up. They tried to trade up with Washington to get Olave, but Washington basically just I tell, told them. I tell you what, man, Philly. I tell you what, man, Philly really saved themselves by getting AJ Brown. They were about to be the joke of every single football fan trading up for a defensive tackle. It's a run stuffer in Jordan Davis because they thought they would get Jamison Williams and they did not. Of course, Jamison Williams goes to the fucking Lions, and we're never really gonna. I'm I'm convinced we'll never see sucks i hate that fit for him like i'm mad just because like i'm gonna be sitting back here in a couple of years saying my number one receiver won't be the number one receiver but is it really my fault or did he just go to the fucking detroit lions see i i i have like i have a i'm having, I'm having an epiphany with the jameson williams thing my hope is that the lions are so terrible that they have the number one or number two pick in next year's draft and they're able to just draft bryce young then you have Bryce Young with Jamison Williams, like a Joe Burrow with Jamar Chase, and then the prophecy can potentially live. But right now, I'm sitting there, I'm saying to myself, "Fuck me, it's it, it's not going to happen, is it?" I mean, the Lions might not even think they need a quarterback. Now, I mean, how did the Lions not take Malik Willis this weekend? Um, I, everybody thinks they're a winner of this draft. Like, what did they really accomplish? 
they didn't accomplish anything, but they're not necessarily in a position where they have to be drafting for, for the now. If they think that they did not have a quarterback in this class that was necessarily going to be their go-to absolute guy that they were going to build a franchise around, it didn't make any sense to them to go and invest a, a high capital pick, a high leverage pick in a quarterback. I, I, I get it. I, I, I see why they didn't do it. I just I just think you have to take at least a shot. Like just say. But I think I think also you have you have Jared Goff, who's a starting quarterback, albeit a low, a low end starter, but a starter nonetheless. You've Goff there for one more year. If Goff completely sucks, you can get out of that contract at the end of the year. No problem with very minimal cap hit. And then in next year's draft, when it's supposed to be a much better quarterback year, you then can go and look at a Bryce Young, go look at a CJ Stroud and hope and hopefully you're in a position well, where you can get one of those guys. Yeah. What, what if they, what if they win six or seven games this year because they improved the roster? Oh, then, then they're completely fucked. Then exactly. They're completely, then, then they're completely exactly. fucked. And I don't know what the plan is. You, if I were them, I would literally draft Malik Willis or a quarterback that fell and be like, you know what? The plans change. I'm going to start them now. We're going to see what we have in this young team. And if this guy sucks, great. We'll just draft the quarterback next year at the top of the draft. True. But it's the Detroit Lions. Yeah, it, it is the Detroit Lions. And I mean, the franchise is cursed, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Get them let's off see. Thanksgiving. Yes, please, God. Um, and let's see another another winner for me. I'm gonna say before I get to my my losers, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they had a really really nice draft. Uh, they had four or five picks for me that I really really loved. With McDuffie at 21, they traded up four. Feels a big time need uh, for the Chiefs at corner. I'm not a big fan of Carl Loftus, but I think at 30 is the perfect spot for him. Be a very high floor, low ceiling sort of pass rusher. It keeps Chris Jones inside for the Chiefs. Good pick there. Not a, not, I, not opposed to that at all. I thought they traded up for Jermaine Johnson at 21. I go, okay, this has to be Jermaine Johnson. They need an edge rusher. And I was like, wow. wow. I mean, I get, maybe they thought that they were going to get Carl Loftus at 30, and that's why they, uh, they, they held off. But – I mean McDuff McDuffie. I mean, I was I was pretty shocked that McDuffie was there at twenty one, but with how fast and how furious the receivers were going, it really wasn't a surprise that I, McDuffie was was there. Yeah, I'm a little surprised Dallas passed on Jermaine Johnson. Thinking back to it, I was a little surprised too. You thought that's who it was when they were on the clock? I thought it was two. I thought I thought it was either Jermaine Johnson or I thought it was Linderbaum. But knowing in my head that. Dallas had other targets that they were looking at, one of them being Tyler Smith. And that was kind of a name that I had circled in the back of my head. Maybe that's it because they need help at guard. And when I heard Tyler, my mind immediately went, oh, my God, they're actually taking Linderbaum. And then I heard Smith, and I was like, <sighs> but I was like, ah, okay, it's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's either, it's either going to work out beautifully, or you're going to look back in a couple of years and be like, "It's just like fucking TJ Watt and Taco, Taco Charlton all over again." Pretty much, and it really it it stung to see Linderbaum go right after, because literally, a lot, literally, a lot I'm like going Watt. To, yeah, literally, I'm going to sit there. I'm going to be like, in five years, it's either going to be, oh wow, we really hit a home run on that because Linderbaum is still an All Pro center, but Tyler Smith is getting the job done for us, 
Or I'm going to sit back and say, fuck, we could have had Linderbaum with with Dak, who Linderbaum was my guy. But I, I'm happy with the Smith pick. I'm happy with the Smith pick. I'm not too worried about it. Um, there was, I mean, we'll get to the another pick with Dallas in, in just, uh, just a minute. I do want to get a reaction from you on this one. Um, I didn't want to put Dallas in uh, for, for mine just because, well, I, I want to be a bit impartial. But there's something I want to ask you about, about Dallas. We'll get to that in a minute. But the pick with the Kansas City Chiefs that I really loved was Sky Moore out of, uh, out of Western Michigan. Um, for me, he could have been a borderline first-round pick. And he was a receiver that New England did pass on to take uh, Tyquan Thornton. For me, Sky Moore is going to walk into this offense. He's going to fit like freaking glove. And Patrick Mahomes, my goodness, is he going to have fun with Sky Moore? For all the for all the dynasty people here, for all the dynasty fantasy players, I know there's some of them that are listening. Sky Moore could be a real good fit in uh, in the first round of drafts, and we'll have more rookie ranks for you on tomorrow's show. So stay tuned for that on uh, Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, I'm just really surprised they didn't take Christian Watson, to be honest with you. But I mean, a Sky Moore, I liked, but. Does he really do – it was tough for me to find special things about him. And you know how I do a lot of my rankings with these guys. And I look for special and I look for rare. Sure. But Andy Reid knows a lot more than I do, so I guess we're going to go with him. It shouldn't be that hard for him to get reps. I mean, is McCall, we kind of know the McCall Hardman story by now, right? Yeah, we know who he is. We know who he is. He can't be counted on in fantasy. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, they paid good money to, but we know the story with him in fantasy. It's just, yep, we know it. It's not like he's coming from the Carolina Panthers with Sam Darnold. He's coming from Aaron Rodgers. So, yep, you couldn't succeed with him. Probably can't really succeed too often in your life. Correct. I, I mean, he, he probably owes Aaron Rodgers about 50% of the, of the $30 million that he's going to get from the Chiefs anyway. Agreed. So then you have Juju, good receiver. Is he a number one receiver? Absolutely not. So Mm -hmm. there's going to be two receivers, I think, with that Tyree kill that I think will be fantasy relevant, obviously, outside of Travis Kelsey. I don't think they just replace Hill with one guy. It's going to be kind of a committee of guys to replace that level of production. And I think it's going to be Sky Moore and Juju. I think those are the two receivers that I would most like to own, obviously, Juju ahead. But I think Sky Moore is the number two receiver over there, over Marquez Valdez, Scantling, and Nicole Hardman. I don't think that's too crazy to think right now. And I was told with Kansas City that they they had Sky Moore ahead of Christian Watson on their yeah. on their big board, which is why it's they crazy. were comfortable. A lot of a lot of teams were not as high on him as I was. I it's just I'm trying to think of maybe there was something I missed, but it was the drops from what I was told. I the drops were a little bit of an issue for some teams, but the talent is the talent is there with with Christian Watson. If there's any, if there's any I'm place a big though, fan of getting open. Yeah, but there's a, there's a place though where he's gonna get open and be thrown open. It's with Aaron Rodgers and Creek Bay. So guess what? The ball. If you're if you were looking for like the perfect spot for you to be proven right or proven wrong in regards to Christian Watson, you got it. You, you got yeah. the perfect spot for it because we're gonna see how good Christian Watson is or isn't in uh, in Green Bay. But yeah, I really think the. Uh, the Chiefs have themselves had themselves a really, really, really nice draft. But now going to going to Dallas, who I would even I 
If I had to lean in one direction, I would say they probably were losers in this draft because of a very risky sort of draft for Dallas. But the one pick that I want to ask you about is the Sam Williams pick out of Ole Miss. A straight pass rusher offers nothing in the run game. Just get after the quarterback and wreak havoc. Sam Williams, a round one talent, but major, major off the field issues. Had a sexual assault uh, charge filed against him. There were teams that had that had him off of their boards completely. And of course, Dallas goes in on the guy that has some off the field issues. Of course. Well, I mean, who does that remind you of? Uh, basically any other player that has uh, no, ever played for I'm Dallas. A, a more recent memory. It reminds me of the guy that they're trying to replace him with. Randy Gregory, yes. And we remember the whole story with Gregory and Jerry Jones kind of stuck with him the whole way, thick and thin. Did not ever waver on Randy Gregory. And Randy Gregory got a big payday in large part due to Jerry Jones having faith in him. So, Jerry, I feel like Jerry likes these kind of guys because he thinks that I can set them straight. And if they play for me, they're going to be they're going to behave not a problem at all. But like, it's not how it works, Jerry. Like just because they know you, Jerry, does not mean they're just going to behave themselves at all times. And maybe it's not necessarily the best idea for your team with the whole Kelvin Joe after the Kelvin Joseph disaster from last year. Sure. And I don't know what the story is with him. Maybe it's time to getting some more higher character football guys in the building. Just just a thought, but if he's available and on the field, he, he's going to be a big time pass rusher. Like, don't get like he was a first round. I don't know necessarily like the top five, like probably late first round. Talent. Late first I'm not, round. I'm, yes. I'm not going to get like you know crazy and say like, oh, this is a top ten pick. And so it's not like Honey Badger. Remember back in the day with him and the sure. off the field concern. I don't think it's necessarily that crazy, but. Like you said, just a straight-up edge rusher, size, speed, arm. He's got it all, but obviously a little bit thinner frame. Doesn't really offer that run-setting edge that you would love. But third down, passing situations, high-scoring games, which Dallas will be playing a ton of this year, he's a weapon. He just needs to be on the field to be a weapon and not be suspended. That's the way I look at it. And I will say also, I think looking at the whole draft, and this is a totally unbiased opinion for me – their third round selection of Jalen Tolbert might be one of my favorite selections in the entire draft. He was a sleeper for me. And I like the yeah. tight end they drafted too. Jake Ferguson. Jake Ferguson as well. Yes. I, I was don't told know. that. Yeah. I was told that the senior bowl was just absolutely turning heads there too. I, yeah. I was, he was just lighting it up and his pro comp. Interestingly enough is Dalton Schultz that I, I have heard before. Well, and we do know that Dallas loves to run those two tight end sets. So I would expect that we're going to see Jake Ferguson a fair bit. Um, this year for for Dallas and, and and Tolbert as well. I think Tolbert he's going to walk in. He's going to be the number three receiver for this offense. And we saw him be the go to guy for South Alabama this past year. And he's got good size, six two one ninety five. I think might need to add ten pounds or so to be a real physical force. But he's got the speed to be a real game changer for for Dallas if utilized properly. And he was one of my, my favorite picks in, in the entire draft, just because of the value that Nikki he presented. I had him as a late round two guy that they were able to get in round three. So uh, overall um, it was an okay draft for Dallas. I would lean just a little bit of a loser. Cause again, there aren't really a lot of high floor guys. It's a lot of low floor, high ceiling 
sort of guys, especially with uh, Smith, Williams, and Tolbert. But if they hit, they hit, and we'll be look and we could look at this draft class and say this could be a draft class where Dallas absolutely hit a home run and prove the scouting community wrong, or this is a draft class where we're saying that this entire draft class is not on the Cowboys within four years. I, I agree. It was just not really something where you're like, oh my god, we just got like tremendously better to become a Super Bowl contender type of yes. weekend for Dallas. It was very fine. Let's it's not like, oh, what the fuck were we thinking all weekend? It's mm-hmm. okay, fine. Let's see how it works, but it could have been better if that makes sense, which is yeah. you know. And they've been ripped for their drafts before in the past. They we've left draft weekend thinking what was Dallas doing and we look back at it and go, "Wow, that was a great draft." Yes. Yep, but I mean, we, Dallas also does have the track record in in drafts to be to prove a lot of people wrong and this is going to be another opportunity where they're going to have to do it uh a loser for me uh the saints i i i don't know i don't know what they were doing uh quite honestly i mean i understand trading up to get a lave i understand the lave pick but you're trading up for a receiver when you have a need for for a future franchise quarterback. And we hate Penning too. Yeah, I would I, I I was I I don't want to say I, I didn't love Pen, I didn't like Penning, but I understand why they did it, but not one of my favorites for me. He he was just kind of like eh to me. I just don't understand the need when they could have just stayed where they were at where were they? 16? 16. Yep, 16-19. You could have gotten one of those two players, and then you could have kept your second-round pick. Let's just say they wanted Penning at 60, and they take him. And then in the second round, you take one of the pass catchers that fell in the second round. True. Or if you really wanted to be aggressive, try trading up in the second round for a pass catcher. Agreed. And you still have your first-round pick next year. Right. It it, it just like – it just – maybe they had a plan that we didn't know about. And the plan just didn't materialize. It, the move they made just, it was like, there needs to be another move after that, right? Correct. And there just never was. Well, I guess there was, but it was a stupid one. Yeah. I For me, even going outside what they did with Alave and Penning, three picks after that. And Alante Taylor was not a favorite of mine. Uh, DeMarco Jackson, solid linebacker. He'll be, he'll be nice on sub packages. And then Jordan Jackson from Air Force, who'll probably be nothing more than a, a practice squad player uh, at the at the end of the day. But I, I don't know if the Saints feel like that. Here's here's where I wanted to say I found it. The Saints drafted like a team that's in win now mode when they are not in win now mode. They should be in teardown mode, but they're not. Correct. There's something that says to the Saints that they have a chance to compete this year when I don't know if they do. Maybe they see that they could be a wild card team. I don't know. To me, well, they're not. Well, let me tell you something. A team that's in win now mode that I thought drafted great this weekend was Buffalo. Yeah. Really like what Buffalo did. I mean, what else is now? But yep, it's um, true. Really liked I really liked Buffalo. Like James Cook, especially, I think was yeah. tremendous value for where they got him. I'm glad that somebody else was as high as on him as I was. Yeah, you and Brandon Bean had that had that level of uh, Kyrie Elam. That was another one of my favorites. And Kyrie Elam, 
Yeah. Who over Andrew Booth too? How about that? Yeah, I I, I couldn't believe that, but I could. I like it. No, I like it. I was a fan of Elon. I was not a fan of Booth. So I'm happy that Buffalo took the chance on uh, on Elam. He offers much more of a – I think he offers a lower floor than Booth does, but the ceiling with Elam is tremendous just because of how physical he is as a corner, which I which I love. And he fits Buffalo style so well. And my, my last loser, Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I mean, yeah, what I was are, saving are, that one – I was saving that one for last. I mean, yeah, what we are we doing? Kind of talk about it. I mean, what are they doing? I wrote in the column my, my entry for the Green Bay Packers when I talk about Aaron Rodgers as a loser. Do the Packers hate Aaron Rodgers, or do the Packers really hate Aaron Rodgers? No, I was uh, apparently Aaron Rodgers was like, yeah, we don't need a receiver. Oh, so Aaron Rodgers is, like, is just as complicit like, in all this. I, I feel like Aaron Rodgers is like, yeah, I feel like he wants to show everybody like, yeah, I don't need a number one receiver. I think he wants to show everybody like I can make guys good. Possibly. Possibly. I think, that, I think he's just, it's just part of his ego. It's like, yeah, you know, I could do it. I could do it. Alan Lazard in fantasy. Let it manifest. Yep. Strong finish to last year, too, I might add. Very strong, very strong finish last year at eight touchdowns on the year. Very quietly had a really nice season and should be the leading receiver for, for Green Bay uh, competing with, with Christian Watson. Won't be competing with Sammy Watkins because Sammy Watkins won't play more than no, four games. I, it really, I really hope he does not become a thing this year. He, oh, he he's going to. He's he, going to. He's going to. And no, thank you. I'm good. Where's Al Lazard going in redrafts right now out of curiosity? Um, we have to go, he, but. he is going right now. I can I can put information up, and then of course we will have more information about all of yeah, uh, all this data on uh, on tomorrow's program. So if I put in on NFC April to April twenty fifth, April twenty fifth to today, very interesting. So the number one pick. Right now is Cooper Cup. That's changing. I'm not even wasting my time on that. That's changing. Yes, but let's let's hear about Alan Lazard. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm looking up Alan Lazard right now. Let's go to receivers. Uh, better be single, it better be a single digit round, or else I'm just gonna be like, what there the hell? Go. So Alan Lazard is going. In the 11th round. Yeah, yeah, bye. He's going in the range of Chris Olave, Jameson Williams, Michael Gallup, Kadarius Tony, Trey Lombergs. Yeah. yeah. Not sign up. Let's just see where Elijah Moore is going for fun. Elijah Moore is going in round seven right now. Okay. Not I'd bad. rather I'd rather have... Alan Lazard in the eleventh round, but I would rather have Alan Lazard in the eleventh round than Elijah Moore in, in, in the seventh. But bottom line is, forget Sammy Watkins. Green Bay may or may not hate Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Clay Walker also over Devin Lloyd. Uh, if you're going to draft the linebacker, I can't believe I'm shocked that Clay Walker was the first linebacker drafted. You and I both. Um, and don't get me wrong, I I, I like Quay Walker a lot, but not better than Devin Lloyd. I mean, no, come no, on, no, 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 not better than Devin Lloyd. No, so. And Devontae Wyatt, 
I like Devontae Wyatt per- personally, but I, I mean, do too. but where, where was, I, I liked Christian Watson too, but I, I wasn't big on the Clay Walker thing. If you were going to draft anything, like maybe defensive tackle and how about a tackle in general? Yep. Because David, David Bakhtiari is not getting any younger. He missed uh, yeah. a significant portion of the season last year. Like if, if you're not going to get Aaron Rodgers weapons, at least give Aaron Rodgers time. Because Aaron Rodgers wanted the opportunity to make anybody good if he doesn't have an offensive line to protect him. I'm surprised they didn't try getting Hollywood for the 22nd pick. Me too. I, I, but it I made will sense. say. They just don't believe in first-round receivers unless they're just completely past their prime. A.K.A. Sammy Watkins? Yeah. God. God, God, God. Well, any, anything else you want to put in for uh, for the draft? Or are we closing the book and we are not talking to you about football until uh, until tomorrow? And then after tomorrow, we're not talking to you about football till July. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, we will be doing our Dynasty Mailbag again. You have 24 hours to submit your questions. I'll be going into the mailbag for the final time to get all of the questions tomorrow afternoon. So send in those questions Pretty please and thank you. I know we have a lot of questions already. So any further questions that you want, send them in and we will get those read out. So that's it for this edition of the Basement Talk podcast. Jake, as usual, thank you so much, sir. We will be back next week on the program. Top five will return. Deep sleeper here as usual. And no football on this program. We will be talking about NBA, talking about the playoffs. And we will be talking about some Major League Baseball because baseball is now in full swing. Pun absolutely indebted. So for Jake, I'm Bird. Thank you so much for listening to the Baseball Talk Podcast. And we'll catch you on the next one. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.